Welcome. Uh, my name is Steve Ray from NIST. Uh, welcome. This is the conference call of uh, January 18th, uh, 2007, where we're kicking off the uh, multi-month uh, virtual engagement here, on, which is titled Ontology Summit 2007. And much like last year, where we had a, um, an event called the Upper Ontology Summit, uh, we are uh, putting before the group a uh, sort of a communal challenge, and uh, logistically how we're going to handle this is um, have a, I'm sure, spirited debate via primarily um, email. There's a mail exploder. If you go to the uh, wiki page, you can find links to that. And uh, we'll engage in that up until April, at which point we are scheduling a two-day face-to-face meeting here at NIST in Gaithersburg, Maryland, um, where we're hoping at that point uh, to essentially bring that all together and come out with a position, if you like, a position statement uh, slash recommendation from the Ontolog Forum on the question at hand. And I'll get into the question at hand in just a moment. Uh, Last year we did this with the idea of talking about whether it's feasible to have a single upper ontology or whether we should try and have you know, multiple ones or merge them. And I invite you all to go back uh, through the uh, ontolog wiki and uh, see we came up with a essentially a, a communique uh, laying out some um, positions that the principal upper ontology custodians, so-called, could agree to. So in that spirit, I give you that for context because in that spirit, we're hoping to come up with a similar communique from the ontology community um, on the question we are putting before ourselves here this year. And to get into that a little bit more specifically now, if you look at the slides, um, basically this is an event we're hoping to have um, uh, participation and quote-unquote sponsorship by a variety of organizations, uh, my own included, uh, and uh, as the face-to-face -face meeting grows closer, uh, we can perhaps have other organizations jumping on on that. Uh, sponsorship, by the way, does not in imply it's a pay anything. It's really just affiliating your organization with this event. If you look at slide number two, Here's the problem that's uh, before the community, the fact that the word ontology is a very loaded word uh, these days. And uh, it can mean anywhere from just a, a very informal, what some might call a folksonomy, uh, even an XML schema some people sometimes refer to as an ontology, uh, through a whole spectrum of uh, meaning, um, you know, all the way to, say, a formal, formal conceptual model. And in fact, a number of people have uh, <clears throat> laid out such spectra of uh, meanings in the past. Now, if you look at the third slide, um, I put out, uh, you know, what to do. That's the title of the slide. You know, it seems fruitless to try and get the entire world to uh, discipline themselves into saying there's only one true meaning of the word ontology, and this is it, and we're all going to abide by that and invent additional words for other things. That's just not really practical. So the idea of the, the uh, Ontology Summit this year is to see if there's a way we can um, help people refine what they mean by their use of the word ontology. 
So if you go to slide number four, that is the uh, objective that's laid out there, uh, essentially to define and agree to a systematic means of categorizing the many kinds of things that are referred to as an ontology. And as I put a note there, if time permits, if the discussion actually runs along beautifully uh, between now and April, and we actually come to closure much more quickly than we anticipated, we might even want to try and uh, position some of the uh, better-known ontologies into this structure. Uh, by structure, I'm really talking about whether – I'm not trying to limit it, uh, whether that would, might mean a um, – uh, linear scale, uh, you know, like someone like a capability maturity model or something like that out of the Software Engineering Institute, or maybe it'll be slightly more complicated with uh, a number of properties of each bin in a multi-bin structure or what have you. And um, we can discuss this in just a moment. I just want to run through these slides. Um, so if you look at number uh, – Five, slide number five, entitled How, uh, that's basically what I've just run through, uh, the discussion, a face-to-face -face meeting, and then some kind of an announcement, and um, we will be making efforts to get the media's attention in this. We did that uh, last year uh, so that there will be essentially some coverage of this, and hopefully we'll come out with a, uh, a position statement, if you like which uh, represents a good cross-section of the world's ontology community. And it is in this manner, if you look at slide number six, that what we're hoping to do is essentially advance the ability of the technical community to move forward more efficiently. Uh, what we're trying to clear out of the way is the obstacles of confusion where uh, one person says, I've built an ontology, and then a little later you're trying to combine that with something else, and you find out what they meant by their word of ontology was quite different, and you end up wasting a lot of time or having to reverse engineer what's there, et cetera. So if we have a cleaner way, in a very uh, low learning curve way, I would suggest, uh, to simply label your ontology and say, oh, this is, you know, type 3 ontology or type 7 if we use numbers. Uh, that might be a very uh, rapid way of getting the right kind of conversations going uh, for ongoing research. So we see this as a very leveraging kind of activity. Um, on slide 7, this is the last slide, uh, here are a couple of links, uh, specifically the wiki page, which I presume many of you are looking at now anyway as well as the uh, uh, mail exploder, which will be the means by which most of this discussion will be taking place. And I would imagine as this discussion matures and we start to arrive at one or a small number of, you know, possible alternatives, we'll be attempting to capture that on the wiki so that there's a sort of a one place you can look to see how things have evolved. Before I finish the quick breeze through overview, I would like to also acknowledge that uh, really um, this is so far being co-chaired by uh, both Peter Yim, myself, Steve Ray, and Leo Oberst, who's on the line. I heard you come in, Leo, uh, from MITRE. Uh, but we are uh, actually going to be assembling a somewhat larger organizing committee to help frame this issue and guide the ongoing discussion. So with that, um, what I think Peter had suggested is that we 
briefly, given there's a fair number of us, uh, perhaps go around and introduce ourselves at this kickoff meeting just to get a feel for uh, where people are coming from and what background they have. Uh, Peter, does that sound right to you? Yeah, this is Leo Alberts from MITRE. Uh, maybe a lot of folks know me, but I'm interested in uh, uh, ontologies, uh, formal semantics, uh, semantic web, and uh, have been involved in ontology engineering uh, for quite some time. Thank you. Well, yeah. All right. Uh, my name is Steve Ray. I'm chief of a research division here at NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Uh, we're working, our division really focuses on interoperability issues, and we see ontologies as a key enabler for interoperability standards in the future. So um, I guess that's the main reason uh, myself and, and a number of people in my division are involved in this. So we're anxious to see consensus here. It'll make the standards world uh, work a lot easier. Peter Yim. I'm one of the co-conveners of the Ontolog Forum, along with Leo Obers and uh, Kurt Conrad. Uh, my day job, actually, I'm, uh, is with CIM3. We are an ISP <coughs> that hosts distributed collaboration and communities uh, like the Ontolog Forum uh, workspaces. Uh, but my passion, actually, is to help move ontological engineering into the mainstream, and, and that's why We've been doing this for years, and hope we can get something out of it. Olivier? I'm Olivier Bodenreiter with the National Library of Medicine, NLM, which is part of the National Institutes of Health. And the reason I'm here, I guess, is because NLM has been involved with uh, the Unified Medical Language System, which is a terminology, biomedical terminology integration uh, project that's been going on for 20 years now. This one is? Yeah, this is Vishwanath Bhatia. I'm a research scholar working in documentation research and training center from India. Uh, my research uh, interests basically the government and using semantic services infrastructure. I'm just trying to uh, do something on ontology area and uh, generate some semantic for services. So, so that's the reason why I have joined here. Thank you. Jack. Jack Teller. Good afternoon. My name is Jack Teller. Um, I'm an employee, a senior engineer at uh, NCI Information Systems, Inc. Um, I do a lot of work with uh, large data stores and uh, data modeling and knowledge-based systems and now ontology. I just joined your forum, your ontologue uh, today, as a matter of fact, at the urging of a co-worker. Um, I, uh, my interest is that um, I frequently encounter the same sorts of problems. I mean, they're different uh, information domains, but over and over again, I'm running into the same kinds of problems. They all have the same characteristics and symmetries, and uh, I'm looking for methodologies that can help automate uh, the solutions of these problems without having to once again churn out solutions by hand, and ontologies look like a very fruitful area for me to, uh, to pick up some speed in. Thank you.
This is Atilla Echi. I am in North Cyprus now. It's the Eastern Mediterranean University. I'm in computer engineering departments. I do research in especially academic work in ontology-based development and engineering phases. Currently, I teach semantic web theory practice and next semester I'll do engineering semantic information systems, especially based on ontology background. So, uh, uh, my interest is in uh, academic research and development in engineering aspects, software engineering science. Thank you. This is Herb Bassett from Lockheed Martin in Virginia. I'm a principal investigator using ontologies in situational awareness and intelligence applications. Patrick DeRusso. Sorry. Uh, Patrick DeRusso. I, uh, I'm the standards lead for Snowfall Software, and I'm uh, deeply involved in the use of topic maps, uh, in part as they relate to ontologies for mapping information resources. Hi, I'm Bob Smith. I'm the ontology management uh, guy at Tall Tree Labs, a firm that's focused on uh, decision trees, particularly midterm decision scenarios. I'm interested primarily in emergency response systems and the modeling of the fail points that can be prevented in typical responses to uh, big crises, emergency uh, disasters, such as we've seen a batch of lately. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Bob and Rex Brooks uh, is actually hosting our next week's uh, Ontolog event, which will be a panel discussion on emergency risk, uh, application of ontology in emergency response with uh, Ken Blakowski, uh, Professor Blakowski, uh among our panelists. Actually, that's the next person we're going to introduce. Ken? Yes, I'm uh, Ken Mislowski, professor at Northeastern University. Uh, I've been active in uh, ontology research for many years, um, biomedical and health sciences, uh, government ontologies, communication networks, um, military applications. Um, very interested in research and situation awareness and inference under uncertainty. Thank you. Ken. Okay. Nabonita. Uh, yeah, hello. This is Nabonita from Documentation Research and Training Center. Uh, my main interest uh, is in digital libraries, and I'm trying to uh, figure out how to use ontology to semantically annotate digital documents in. Provide how to make the explicit representation of the context, subject context, which the information is containing within the document. So that's what I am using ontology for. Thank you. Thank you. It's up. Yes, it's up for us. 
Previously with Unicorns, well, we provided a semantic management, semantic information management platform, and particularly used in uh, bioscience research to query experimental data, experimentology. Presently with IBM, that acquired Unicorn, and currently using in, engage in information integration. Although we don't use the word ontology anymore, but business uh, glossary. Uh, but uh, my interest in apologies goes many, many years back, and I was following the, the evolution of the field for many years. Thank you, Itzhak. Uh, Dagobert? I'm Dagobert Sorgel from the University of Maryland. I have been working on developing the and classifications, I think, now for 45 years. Uh, and uh, Obviously, this has moved into more formal structures than ontologies, and uh, I am interested in that area. I teach in that area. Uh, I'm particularly interested in looking at the many different functions that can be served by uh, full-fledged ontologies and developing systems that can, that can serve multiple functions at once. And I think that's something we should probably look at in, in the uh, summit. Uh, I'm also interested in uh, registries of ontologies. Thank you, Dagobert. Uh, Dagobert was uh, among our organizing committee membership uh, in when we put together the Upper Ontology Summit last year. Uh, Michael? Uh, this is uh, Michael Greener. I'm head of the uh, Semantic Technologies Laboratory at the University of Toronto. Uh, we do work in the design, evaluation, and application of ontologies written in first-order logic. Uh, and in the past, uh, I worked at NIST with Steve Ray on the process specification language ontology. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Corey? Uh, this is Corey Kasnave with MileDriven.org. Uh, our particular uh, interest is in the application of ontologies to uh, architecture um, and specification and uh, applying it to model-driven architecture approaches and also in trying to close the gap between the kind of the modeling world and the ontology world as we develop similar types of information. Thanks. Uh, Bill Burkett? Hi, uh, this is Bill Burkett. Um, my back, I work with uh, Eurostep uh, America, Inc., and I have a long history in uh, system interoperability, system integration, and data exchange, uh, in particular data exchange standards. Uh, I've had some uh, overlap with work with Steve uh, Ray in the past. That was quite a while ago. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> another world ago. Uh, my current interest in uh, ontologies is just looking at ontologies uh, as a another form of a, of, a, of a data model or information model. Uh, my work in inter system interoperability has, has been focused on the data and the information that's exchanged between systems, and I see all this work in ontology as just being another form or another incarnation of uh, representation of information. It has different properties, obviously, but uh, it's to me it's the same kind of thing, so I'm interested in, in understanding what's going on with ontologies as they relate to um, uh, system interoperability and integration. Thanks. Yeah, uh, this is Li Pingyi uh, from Georgia Mason University. Uh, I'm a 
director of uh, Center for Spatial Information Science and Systems. We have a couple of uh, projects funded by NASA and also National Geospatial Intelligence Agency to develop um, um, uh, geospatial knowledge system. And we are using the ontology as a way to uh, uh, derive knowledge from uh, geospatial data. Thank you. Uh, Bo? Uh, yes, Bo Newman, uh, independent researcher, uh, primarily focusing um, on the role of ontologies in, in the emergence of knowledge science, the formalization of uh, the tools we need from a, from a knowledge science perspective, um, <clears throat> extending from the epistemic through the ontological, heavy focus on uh, probably more of a, a class, the classical, I can't remember what we call the bigger little O version of ontologies being uh, more of the conceptual model format. Thank you, Bill. Uh, John, John Bateman. Yeah, hi. This is John Bateman at the University of Bremen in Germany. I've been working on uh, ontologies for linguistic processing and language for almost 20 years. Our work in Bremen now is to do with not only language but also spatial ontology. And we are particularly interested in formalizing structuring mechanisms for uh, mediation and description of ontologies, particularly mediation between ontologies expressed in languages of different expressivities. And I guess we'd be interested in, in the mediation aspect uh, for the uh, upcoming uh, summit in April. Thank you, John. Uh, Adrian? Uh, hi, uh, my name is Adrian Walker. I'm formerly with IBM Yorktown, uh, now at uh, Reengineering, a small company. Um, uh, for, I guess, uh, over 20 years, I've been concerned with reasoning over databases, and uh, my current concerns are very much about uh, reasoning over the web, and in particular, how you figure out what a reasoning system has done when it's reasoned over the web and produced an answer for you. So explainability at the non-technical level of that kind of reasoning is, is a big concern. Um, what we've done is actually to place uh, a live system out where anybody can use it. It's uh, uh, sort of a wiki, if you will, for uh, business rules in English, and, and that's uh, live online for anybody to use, and we hope people will use it uh, to uh, cooperatively uh, reason about interoperability uh, over various uh, websites and data sources. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, Doug? I'm Doug Holmes from Java Professionals, a, a very small company. I've been around uh, artificial intelligence, uh, mainly DARPA, for the past 25 years, uh, and I'm a veteran of too many KR wars. I uh, am interested in the application of semantic web technologies. That's it. Thank you. Ivan? Yes, my name is Ivan Herman. Ivan Herman, as you want. Uh, I am the I am the semantic web activity lead, so I coordinate the semantic Can you speak up a little bit? Okay. You hear me now? Yes, better. That's better. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, Ivan Herman, I am semantic web activity lead, so I coordinate the uh, um, I'm Bill McCarthy. Um, I'm a professor.
professor of accounting at Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. I'm interested in domain ontologies, dealing with business processing, primarily the ontologies that underlie ERP systems and the collaboration systems that connect ERP systems. Um, I've been involved in ontology work and standards. I'm the editor of the Accounting and Economic ISO ontology that's associated with the Open EDI project and also some um, similar ontological work in uh, UNCFACT. I'm also very interested in ontologies from an academic accounting standpoint. Um, I'm the editor on the leading accounting journal, the information systems editor, and we're trying to uh, sort of build some kind of base in, um, in ontologies there. And um, I'm also interested in the use of ontologies in teaching. Thank you, Bill. Uh, actually, Bill asked a good question. I don't know the answer. Is anybody else behind Bill? Anyone else? whom we haven't captured? No. So uh, it's a great crowd. And uh, Steve, you want to take over from here? Oh, I guess at this point, um, what I would suggest is probably a lot of people have opinions on the uh, technical issue at hand. And um, I suppose we could spend just a couple of moments putting positions out there, but obviously I think for uh, future consideration, probably makes more sense for people to do that by email as a general rule. And uh, but, but I am kind of curious just personally whether people think it even is doable or useful. Well, let me raise one issue that Michael Gruninger and I were talking yesterday. There might be a couple of uh, uh, purposes for such uh, some kind of categorization like this. And the one that I had originally been talking about was one, if you like, which is um, very accessible, uh, even accessible to perhaps a, a pretty much a lay audience so that um, it gets people centered and oriented a little bit on what these things that are called ontologies are, especially examples of them. Um, just to get the conversation sort of into the right neighborhood. Uh, Michael had brought up a point, and Mike, you can jump in any time, but uh, that there's another purpose that might also be uh, perhaps for the research community more useful, which is that of a more nuanced and more rich um, framework for uh, locating different kinds of ontologies. And I agree that would be very useful for the research community, although I think if we we can't get people in the right neighborhood who aren't trained ontologists. Uh, we've lost a lot of opportunity. Uh, I know I personally spend a lot of my time talking to people who are not um, computer scientists or information specialists, much less logicians or ontologists, and um, I often uh, risk losing them very quickly. Uh, and uh, that has terrible implications as far as getting funding for things like this. And uh, so I'm, I'm most interested in making some things very accessible and being able to easily distinguish for people the difference between a thesaurus, a taxonomy, uh, even a dictionary, or an XML schema, or a first order logic conceptual model. So uh, we might want to uh, in this discussion, talk a little bit about how this could take a number of different forks 
where we could be perhaps producing more than one of these kinds of things. But at the very least, I would urge us to try and do the simple one, and then if we can, we can do the more complex one. But I am interested to hear what people think. So as far as I'm concerned, the floor is open. Yeah, and, and Steve, I think one of the uh, uh, things, too, is uh, one a note you raised in your introductory um, uh, talk there is, in some way, the purpose of this would be expectation management in the sense of when somebody says, oh, I have an ontology for the following domain, and then somebody else takes a look at it and they say, oh, that's, I was expecting something else. You know, I was expecting axioms or I was expecting some kind of definition or I was expecting some kind of interface or reasoning support. I think that that's kind of one of the other objectives that you have, I think. Hey, this court has a very similar thought. Um, that relating any characterization to various use cases um, would would give it those categories value, and in, in particular, uh, using that to uh, not just set expectations, but help them understand uh, what kind of uh, ontology work may be required for various for various purposes. And, and in fact, to, to add successes, so you know, Ian Horrocks placed on the web a couple of. Uh, things he regards as successes, and this is Adrian Walker, by the way, uh, um, uh, concerning medical ontologies. And I, I think examples, you know, that go beyond use cases for the future, but examples from the past that sort of place, well, they use this kind of ontology to do very good things in the national health system in Britain, uh, and, and, and so on. That, uh, would, would that be a good thing to, to include in this? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, you'll notice as we get more into it, what we have tried to do is reach out to some people who exemplify these various communities. So we have got um, Olivier Bodenreiter on the line, actually, who is, uh, uh, you know, with the Unified Medical Language System. We've also approached and gotten concurrence from Larry Sanger, who some of you may know from Wikipedia. He was a co-founder of Wikipedia, has now split off and formed Citizendium. So um, that that perspective will also be represented. So we are trying to be actually having a broad scope of, um, if you like, categorization so that we can put all such things in it somewhere. But you, you know, if, if I'm outside of the ontology community, I think my way in would be um, you know, if I'm a medical person who's done something really earth-shaking with medical ontologies. Okay, I see. There's that example from the National Health Service in the UK. Okay, now what technology did they use? And finally, how does that fit into the categorization of, of ontologies? So the, the, there's a kind of uh, motivating, you know, at each stage that motivates me to go to the next step and then finally to look at perhaps the rather technical matter of, of how ontologies are themselves categorized. I, I would agree. Okay. I would agree. Uh, just talk about Sorgel. I, I strongly second that the characterization of uh, various types of ontologies should be linked very tightly with possible uses or existing uses. Uh, that is very important. Uh, secondly, uh, Steve, you talked about the more complex of sort of getting a, a dimensional space in which you could locate different ontologies versus just having some broad categorizations. I think you need to first, you need the, the complex characterization 
through the second one, a, a simpler, a, a simpler scheme of categories for uh, for uh, users who don't know as much as that. So you need the complex one first before you can do the simple one. Well, uh, let me push back a little bit on that. Uh, I point to examples for better or worse, like the capability maturity metric that uh, Software Engineering Institute came up. With. That's just a one-dimensional. You know, what is it? Eight. of 
of um, the way it could be used, and uh, especially the way it could be used by a naive user, is what my where I was coming from. But I'm I'm totally open. In fact, I don't pretend to be a uh, logic uh, expert by any means. So um, I defer to the community consensus. This is Leo. I mean, I happen to agree with the last speaker, but, you know. <laughs> uh, what I think is missing, though, is a way of characterizing the use cases uh, that are associated with which all, with all those regions. Uh, so one of the previous speakers mentioned that, and it really does uh, correlate uh, very well with the expressivity. For example, um, if you just want to put uh, your documents into topic buckets, uh, uh, probably a topic taxonomy will be, uh, sufficient for you, but if you really want to uh, do things that require very uh, high precision, uh, let's say, you know, complex uh, semantic web uh, services and, and uh, composition of services uh, that require reasoning, you're probably at a, a, a much higher level, let's say, the, uh, the, the logical theory level. Um, but that said, I still agree that it's a value to characterize uh, the multiple dimensions that constitute these uh, types along that spectrum. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Michael Gruninger. Um, I said we also need to make a distinction, though, between the language uh, versus uh, an ontology, because the spectrum is primarily, the semantic continuum spectrum, whatever we call it, is primarily, uh, actually, if you, you know, look at the, the names, we're talking about languages. Right, so you have description logics and first order logic and various other things. But then all of a sudden, then you start mixing in uh, other kinds of approaches, which are more, which aren't languages. Uh, you know, say, well, I guess topic maps might be a language. But no, my, my point being, I agree. Somebody, when somebody says, oh, I have an ontology, then that's not only presupposing, okay, well, what language are you using to write the ontology, but it's also, there's certain expectations about what do I expect to see there? Am I going to see definitions? Am I going to see rules? Am I going to see, you know, what am I going to see, right? And, and, and that what am I going to see is a little bit separate from the underlying language you're using to write those definitions or axioms or whatever. Right, Mike, uh, this Leo again, I, I agree with you. I mean, that uh, spectrum is a kind of multi-dimensional to begin with. Right. Um, the, the focus was on the semantic models, if you will, so the, uh, the complexity of the model, uh, so-called semantic model, but played against that are some of these languages, uh, uh, and it's, uh, again, it's slightly orthogonal. I mean, uh, you can express a taxonomy in a first-order logic, uh, but uh, you can do a lot more, of course, in a first-order logic. Right, and, and so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm basically you know, agreeing, but I'm, I'm saying we might want to have, have this as a distinction because if we confuse language and ontology in our categorization here, we're, we're, we're toast. Um, this is for yes. Beth. Would it make sense? Could we achieve our purpose if we just annotated the um, continuum? So change well, names to put them all into a consistent, consistent concept. But if we just annotated various stages along that continuum, we might achieve what we're trying to achieve. I, I think so. No, but see, the thing is that, I mean, annotating it doesn't necessarily draw the distinction between uh, description logic is, you know, less expressive than first-order logic versus I have the OWL-S ontology for web services versus the uh, uh, semantic web services ontology for web services. I mean, David, you're, you're, are we trying to build a directory of existing ontologies? Is that our purpose? 
not, not quite, I don't think. I think we're just trying to characterize the, the range of what we call, or various people call, ontologies. But Mike's point is... In order to do that, we need to agree on some set of, of scales or metrics or dimensions in which we are going to characterize ontologies. Yeah. Right, and, and, yeah, and in that sense, language would be one of the characteristics of an ontology. But yes. you, you wouldn't want to say, oh, I, I have an ontology, and you say, oh, let me see it. Then I say, okay, here's the owl, the owl okay, but the language, the language would be essentially trivial you know, compared to the other dimensions. Uh, well, language well, gives you kind of a nece necessary condition, right? So yeah. uh, you could have a bad ontology in owl or a bad ontology in TIFF uh, or common logic, right, versus a good one. Okay, but that's a, whole different, that's a whole different category if we're trying to say this yes. is a good ontology versus a bad ontology. That's, well, that's a whole right, right. Issue. So what we're trying to do is, you know, is to kind of uh, pull out those dimensions. Although yeah, I don't think we were talking about trying to come up with a, of a good versus a bad ontology at any particular coordinate in that scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly not. I mean, it, it was just, again, uh, uh, one property of an ontology would be the underlying language it's being written in. Yeah. Um, that's part of the expectation, but it's, it's, it's by no means the entire story. No, but it also is, is independent of quality. But I think that coming up with that set of scales is a very worthwhile endeavor for this organization. Has there been an effort to um, build an abstraction of what an ontology can uh, be, and that is, for example, all of the elements that make up a, a fully completed ontology in, in such an abstraction sort of, if, if I can use the word, a meta-ontology, each of these other uh, elements, which contain some of the characteristics of an ontology, like a taxonomy or a thesaurus or a conceptual data model, they could then be plotted as having or not having certain of the abstract elements of an ontology. And that would include the properties of the language that they're in, the tools that they use, whether the UML, XML, HTML, or what have you. And that would be perhaps uh, more useful in that it's multidimensional instead of just being a spectrum of this is what my ontology contains. But it's, uh, yeah. I, mean, I, it's I have to file out right now. Sorry. Um, thanks. Thanks, thanks for joining us. But, I mean, the, the key platform for this discourse is actually uh, the email list and the, the, uh, the archived forum there, because that way the arguments are documented, can be referred to, and so on. So, uh, it's Peter Yim here. So at this juncture, actually to get things rolling, uh, we have already put together a uh, called Ontology Summit. Uh, it's similar to the Ontolog Forum, but this, this, this mailing list is called Ontology Summit. And uh, there are about 70 members already subscribed into the, the forum. That includes uh, conveners from last year's Ontology Summit, uh, people who sent in their name when we called for participation in December, uh, when we first said that we are going to do this uh, we, we got some names there, and of course the people who came 
two events. So that made up about uh, 70 people who are already on the mailing list. Uh, also, I uh, just get, yes. Go ahead, Peter. Beg your pardon. Go ahead, Peter. Okay. Oh, uh, I, I guess to get things started. I mean, as you see on the on the uh, additional material place, I've sort of uh, put in a few sort of uh, uh, definitions of ontology that people have submitted or people are generally using. Uh, for example, in Tom Gruber's, uh, what is an ontology, or Leo Ober's, what is an ontology lecture, which he gave in a two-part, two two-week uh, session. And uh, uh, some of the definitions on Wikipedia, as well as uh, Michael Ushel's uh, various ontologies, various kinds of ontologies, which he gave in the keynote address at the uh, ninth Protege International Conference. So these resources, I have created a page called Definitions of Ontologies. Uh, of ontology under the Ontology Summit 207. So uh, for those of you who uh, know how to edit a wiki, by all means go in and, and sort of uh, make a collection of the resources of various people. We are particularly interested in people who are sort of using the term uh, on, for, for other senses, for example, the Web 2.0 community may call their cloud an ontology. I mean, that way, if there are already definitions of those, I mean, by all means, point us to it, write them out, and so on. And uh, there's also a page called Frameworks for Consideration. Like, I mean, uh, Steve was mentioning the uh, maturity model, uh, Leo and Attila was mentioning about from weak semantics to strong semantics and so on. I mean, these are various frameworks. I mean, probably we might end up into multidimensional uh, uh, arrangements, but, but at least let's get the various frameworks again onto the same page, and then uh, we can start talking about it. Uh, we have got three months before April. One of the, I mean, a, a simple sort of uh, straw, strawman uh, arrangement process is that maybe we could use the first month to collect various definitions, various frameworks. We can use the second month to synthesize the material and then come to a conclusion of the framework we, we, we will use. And then we use the third month to sort of draft and put things into the right framework and draft a sort of one-page communique that we can tell, uh, we, we can announce to the world. Okay, that's only as a straw man. Uh, and uh, we've actually assembled a very capable organizing committee this year. Uh, if you go to the Ontology Summit 207 page, so far, you can see we've got Olivier Bolton-Ryder from NLM, uh, National Library of uh, Medicine, uh, Nicola Gorino from the Laboratory of Ontological uh, Applications, uh, Ivan uh, Herman from uh, this 
Wisdom Slam, Mark Newson from National Center for Ontological Research and National Center for Biomedical Ontology, as well as Head of Stanford Medical Informatics, Leo Obers from Ontolog and MITRE, Steve Way, Larry Sangler, Sanger, as Steve mentioned, uh, the, the, the founder for Citizenium and a co-founder of Wikipedia, uh, Barry Smith uh, from Buffalo, who is also co-director of National Center for Ontological Research, uh, Chris Welty from IBM Research, and myself. So, so uh, we we will try to sort of facilitate the conversation over this virtual uh, workspace, and hopefully, if we have any luck, we'll come up with something that's extremely useful for the, uh, the, the community at large. So, back to you, Steve. Well, I actually have nothing more to add uh, to that, so um, um, I don't mean to drag this on any longer than necessary. So, if, if people are uh, satisfied they've had their say for this first kickoff round. Uh, could I get in here? I'm... Uh... Tim Baslowski? Yes, please, please do. Um, I've heard a lot of discussion about the expressivity of ontologies or ontology languages, and then a, there was also discussion about use cases, and there's clearly a correlation between the two since, you know, generally speaking, more expressive means that one can do more with the ontology, but clearly there, there needs to be a closer, there needs to be connections between these two that are made more explicit. Um, in any kind of classification of ontologies and ontology languages. Another thing that I um, I heard was this distinction between ontologies and ontology languages. A lot of ontologies today are being expressed in multiple languages, and so it's it's not actually, you know, a strictly speaking, a characteristic of the ontology. You know, the language it's expressed in uh, isn't just kind of one language. So you can't use that as a, as a property of the ontology. Um, but, uh, but it still tells you something. Uh, if you know, for example, that a, an ontology is uh, an XML schema and then somebody has, you know, dutifully done some sort of automated translation into first-order logic, it's not clear that this is really that you know, making use of the expressiveness of uh, of the language that it's now expressed in. Um, so there, there should be some way of capturing aspects of ontologies that are, are not strictly speaking just purely formal or logical, such as you know just just how um, how how expressive the ontology is with respect to things like you know relationships and you know. Um, how fine, you know, what the granularity is and how richly annotated the ontology is. So is it, is, does anyone have any comment on this particular kind of well, problem? Uh, yeah, this is Attila uh, I was about to tell almost the same thing, actually. Uh, I consider language uh, as, uh, when ontology is considered, as a neutral issue. In my lectures, I often give examples of uh, a particular uh, domain knowledge in plain English. And then in uh, doing notation, and then saying in 
owl, Salem albf, and Salem pollock, for example. Uh, now, there are nuances between among these, uh, these expressions, but I consider language has been uh, a sort of syntactic sugar or perhaps a, uh, a white noise when ontology is considered. This is John Bateman. Oh, Stands by itself. I yeah, I think your, your talk there. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to second it, but not completely. This is John Bateman. I think uh, this leads to, or we need to have a much more structured notion of what ontologies are on the one hand, and also we need to have semantic categorizations and not only syntactic categorizations of ontology. So I think you're, it's quite right, everyone who said that one may have an ontology expressing different languages, they may have different expressivities, so we need to have more structure so we can go into ontologies and break them apart, but then we also need to have a notion of what these ontologies are expressing uh, or doing with that expressivity, and that means looking at what they're intending to do, not just the syntax. I think there's, there's more there to be brought out, and the language is not just a... Uh, um, something which will then appear or be purely from the surface. Uh, this is Michael Grenier. I, I, I can't resist. I, I so, so profoundly disagree with some of the things that this being stated. Not, not you, John. I'm one of the but earlier statements. Uh, I, I, I mean, the, the, there are concepts that just cannot be uh, the semantics, the meanings of the terms. I mean, ontology is about specifying the meanings of terms, and there are some languages that just simply cannot express certain concepts. And so if you expect to have, uh, to re represent ontology in, in one language, it does not necessarily mean that it's capturing what that intended semantics is. RDF can't express negation. You can't express the definition, the new definition of a planet anymore without negation. So, you know, RDF, you can't do anything. Um, there are, are plenty of ontologies that, uh, you can represent some things in L, but other concepts you simply can't. And I, I you know, although there are, you know, you can, you can kind of say, well, I can translate multiple languages into more expressive ones, and so there could be multiple languages that way. It sure as heck does not go the other way. So uh, the language, I think, is a very important property that has to be identified uh, here. Quickly, yeah, I, Mike, I can you say with the hierarchy? Well, and I was trying to express the fact that um, some ontologies are so rich that you need that rich language. Other ontologies are just so sparse that you could actually express them in all of these ontology languages, and so it doesn't really tell you anything. So it seems to me that there is, there is an intent behind these on, some ontologies that you need to capture, and, and this kind of limits what sort of languages they could be expressed in. To issues of interoperability, which haven't really been discussed too much, if... You know, if, a, if an ontology is very rich and it uses negation and things like that, uh, it must be expressed in a language that is sufficiently expressive. And that, that's an important point about that ontology. And I, I think any classification of ontologies uh, must take that into consideration. Um, um, it's, it's related to the uses that are being made of these ontologies as well. Hello? I, I, I do agree with that, actually. That's, that's very, very correct. Uh, I would say the opposite, actually. Uh, we're, what we're looking at is uh, an expressive capability of a language as opposed to content of an ontology. Uh, so this is an ontology. We should not refer to expressivity of the language exp used to 
to materialize it, not to express it, because language is different, ontology remains. That's what I was meaning, essentially, uh, when I said language is actually a syntactic trigger. So let, let's defer this to the okay. uh, forum yeah. discussion. Uh, someone else was yeah. trying to make a point. Hello, hi, this is uh, Mustafa Jarraz. Did you hear me now? Yes, yes. Ah, sorry, I was not able to introduce myself. Right, why didn't you introduce yourself? Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm from Belgium. Uh, uh, what I've seen is paper in ontology engineering. So we are interested in methodologies, and my background actually is related to database and linguistics. But also, uh, I am a board member of the uh, ontology outreach advisory, and we are interested to uh, develop and extend uh, strategies for recommendation and standardization of ontologies, and this is why I'm here. And actually, <coughs> I just want to make a comment about the language or how much about negotiation, which is I heard a lot from companies that even lightweight ontologies are like RBS style is even more useful than expressive ontologies. So I'm not, I'm not uh, actually supporting this argument, but I wanted to say, to say that uh, uh, the language and the uh, constructors of the language are not really important. What makes it useful, and, and, and I've been in one of the classifications that Nicola Guarino did, in, I think, in a paper in '98, uh, uh, is that the classification of, for example, you have upper-level ontology, domain ontology, and application ontology. And this is not just to, to name them, but there is a subtype link between them, which means if I build application ontology, I should commit to the definitions in the domain ontology and, my de my, and also the uh, uh, definitions in my domain ontology should commit to the definitions in the other level ontology. So in other words, the, the way of classifying the definitions of the ontologies should, lead to, should be methodological. Uh, uh, so, uh, so, so for me, this is actually, this is, uh, could help, it uh, could help a lot to the ontology engineering uh, 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 practice. Uh, uh, there is also another another point I want to make is that all the time when we build ontologies, I build ontologies, several ontologies myself, and when people involved, I tell them, if you want to add an action to the ontology, just ask yourself, is this is contributing to the meaning of the vocabulary or not? If not, don't include this in the ontology. So I would myself classify also ontologies in this uh, particular issue. Uh, uh, um, if, the, if any axiom, axiom here means, doesn't mean a rule, but it also means a predicate. If something, if you want to say in your ontology, person has name, yes, okay, but this doesn't really contribute to the intrinsic meaning of the, uh, uh, of the vocabulary person. And by doing this, we could sort out a lot of rubbish like uh, people who call uh, uh, schema as an ontology, well, it's not an ontology, it's just a data structure. Or, for example, people who misuse OWL to, to build knowledge bases, which is not at the domain level, it is purely technical at the application uh, or very particular task level, you could also sort out these things. So if something contributes to the domain level, I would welcome this as actually building for the ontology. Thank you. Uh, can I comment a little on that? Please. I, I didn't quite hear everything that you said. I guess we had a little noise, but you mentioned that 
that Ken, again? You, this is Ken. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, you asked this question about whether to add an axiom. Um, such questions can only be answered within the context of the use that is going to be made of this ontology. I mean, it, I, I'm sure that any any such axiom would actually be useful within some context. Without the context, you can't even answer the question. So therefore, use cases and you know usage scenarios for ontologies are certainly important for determining um, you know what kind of ontology it is. Um, it's not just expressivity; it's also the use cases. Yeah, but but this means if tomorrow we have a new use case, we have to change our definitions and so on. No, I'm just saying that in the in our in any categorization, we have to have uh, at least a representative sample of of reasonably high level use cases that can be used mm -hmm. to uh, to make decisions about this. I mean, presumably in a particular case, you might have to go to something more specific, mm. but that's okay. I mean. You know that doesn't stop us from having, for example, upper upper ontologies. Um, which, by the way, I haven't heard too much discussion of upper ontologies. Presumably, that's also an an issue unless we can agree on a single upper ontology. Uh, what is the feeling about that? I haven't heard any. I haven't heard any progress being made on actually coming to a, a single upper ontology. Peter, perhaps you know about this. Well, I mean, I, I guess one, I mean, the Ontology Summit and it's been our whole sort of the last year's effort uh, coming to that. And I think there's huge progress in uh, common logic getting ISO standards status in the ICRIS uh, work that's being done there. Oh, no, I, I think common logic is, is great progress. I, I'm just not so sure what where we stand right now in terms of progressing toward a uh, toward an upper ontology, agreement on an upper ontology. I think one of the places where we make progress is that we don't have to uh, make that uh, overriding goal. If we can have a better way of structuring and relating different viewpoints, then we will spare ourselves a lot of uh, interesting, but probably not very productive uh, uh, times trying to agree on the one and only truth. I think that's what I got out of uh, last uh, April's uh, meeting anyway. I probably took that into last, April, uh, last April's meeting anyway, so it's not surprising. Right. I, I think that that was the general conclusion. I mean, no no one is continued to pursue the single uh, ontology, common ontology as much as trying to find ways and means of how to relate them. Well, that's I think that, 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 that would be a very interesting point, which is what I was meant by mediation, which is uh, some basic of uh, looking at this uh, as uh, one of the topics for, for next April as well as to see the progress that's been made in that area over the last year. Uh, Steve, this is Dr. This is again. Uh, I think with respect to uh, ontology integration or mitigation of differences, an ontology should have a certain expected uh, feature, shape, or, or, or some indication 
as to how it could be linked to others or how it could be uh, uh, could be associated with other ontologies. Uh, maybe it will be too long to that. I'd like to give this example, uh, naming an, an element, a class in an ontology uh, by by a, a character sequence. The character sequence used there, the words, should have uh, some some meaning. Uh, and therefore, if similar words are used in other ontologies, we should be able to or we should be allowed to uh, relate them uh, into ontologies. This, this is a characteristic perhaps we should seek in ontologies uh, to, to to be able to uh, uh, open itself or outside limiting uh, instead of uh, preparing an upper ontology where everyone else would have to link. Thank you. Are we at a, at a pausing point here? Just we just uh, remain efficient in that case and poke a reasonable number of flames here, or at least embers, and that uh, what I think would be most productive is that people put their thoughts down uh, in writing and start uh, getting a, you know, a email thread going, and then we will try and call from that uh, any uh, structure we can to maintain on the wiki, and then uh, see how well we can progress. I think this is an exciting area. Yes. And, and so from here, we'll move to the wiki? No. Uh, or email, yeah, actually. Uh, the email list is uh, in place now. In fact, one person has already posted something, if you uh, check your email, if you're on it. Uh, and then, yeah, I think uh, the, the downside of email is obviously then it just got this continuous thread of back and forth discussions and stuff. So what the wiki will then serve is kind of a stable place where as agreements are reached or there seem to be the people are rallying around, those recorded on the wiki. So that if you want to quickly see where things stand, you can go to the wiki. If you want to engage in the, you know, Ongoing conversations. That's the email list. What's the What's the process for going from one to the other? This is the email list. Let me pull it up again here. Uh, how do we go from the email to wiki? Ah, well, you just this, uh, point to a web browser. That just, is it a volunteer that just you know says, "Okay, I'll put it up on the wiki." Is that how it works? Okay, no, no, Peter. I'll let you jump in. But the wiki is open for anyone, so there has to be a certain amount of behavior control there, but uh, anyone can sign up for an account on the wiki. It's just you nominate, you know, you just put your name in there. Usually you use the uh, wiki name convention of first and last names mashed together with your Oh, yeah, I'm board. already there. I just was curious whether we're going to have something more uh, controlled rather than just do it randomly. So, I mean, just, just do it randomly and identify yourself. I mean, I'm okay. sure you're not going to be very random. But oh, no, so I far, certainly wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I've, I've got like four four child pages uh, set up. I mean, there's the definitions of ontology, frameworks for consideration, 
issues and candidate resolutions, and then a draft communique. Uh, and like every good, successful wiki, you tend to have a, a gardener for the wiki, and that's really the role that Peter has been playing, uh, sort of cleaning up after us, keeping things somewhat organized, and maybe spinning off uh, daughter pages appropriate it needs it. Could we send some notices of important updates to the wiki over the list? You can't monitor the wiki all the time, so if something important happens, you would want to know. You, you can monitor the wiki all the time if it supports an RSS feed, I mean, if you really want to do that. But, I mean, it's useful. I mean, if anyone made a major post on the wiki to send to at least highlight it on, on, on the list and, and put a link, because the wiki supports, like, fairly fine-grained uh, accessibility, so you can capture the purple number and paste it onto your post, and, and that would send people right to your paragraph or your bullet point. Right. The whole spirit, of course, of the wiki is that anyone can pretty much uh, decide something's worth pointing out, and uh, it's a community uh, thing, rather than having a single webmaster having to do everything. So, We'll see whether this whether, whether we can all behave ourselves or not. <laughs> so we, we have been in the middle for the four to almost five years, so I don't see why not for the next three months. Okay, on, on that note. On that note, I'd say uh, it was a very thought-provoking kickoff, and I hope this gets uh, everyone's juices flowing and uh, keyboards clicking, and we'll... Uh, take this forward, and um, and then uh, all else being equal, I hope that we'll all see each other in person on April 23rd. So with that, I guess I will adjourn this session, and we'll keep in touch. Okay, bye. Thank you. Thank you.